And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, broadcasting live from South Florida here at the uh, NGC Studios. And uh, my guest tonight is uh, Ryan uh, Moorhofer from... Uh, Marhofer, yeah. Marhofer, yeah, sorry. Uh, I should have asked you if it's I everyone. It right. It's yeah. everyone. Um, he is a uh, college Republican from Chapman University out in uh, California, and I believe that's where uh, Hugh Hewitt is a professor uh, as, yeah. as well, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, he teaches at our law at our law school. Have have you have you met him? I I had the opportunity to meet him a few years ago. So I haven't. I've had friends who've met him though. Yeah, he's a. He's a super nice guy. I he's a super nice guy. I was uh disappointed that he uh I was disappointed that he didn't voice Trump, but at the same time he also has shown me a great deal of support, so, you know. Um but anyway, uh Ryan, thank you for uh coming on the program and you sir have a very interesting uh background yourself. Um real quick before we dive into topics, uh I always just like to ask my guests uh, a little bit of background on my on themselves. So uh, just feel free to uh, tell us about yourself and uh, kind of what your background is, how you got started in politics, and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, well, I was never really politically active. My parents were never really that big into politics. I guess my grandparents were, but everyone's grandparents are. And uh, uh, in high school, I just started leaning right. I started looking into gun control, and I saw how many fallacious arguments there are for gun control, uh, for those uh, guns or, like, super heavy regulation. Then I realized it was the same type of fallacious about abortion or immigration or even when you talk about uh, like race issues, police, different things like that. It, it's the same everywhere. And so that, that's just kind of what pushed me right was my quest to find the facts. And I found that it's, there's really only one site that seems to be on the side of the facts most of the time. Interesting. Was there any, uh, was there any like particular event that I guess pushed you to the right or it, it just kind of happened? Uh, there was never really like an eye-opening moment, I guess. When my article came out on Chapman, I wasn't involved with any political groups then. And, but after it came out and there was that big, uh, outrage over it and everything, I thought, uh, the Libertarian Club would contact me or I thought maybe a Democrat club or something. It was only the Republican clubs that contacted me and it was like every member of the Republican club. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's dive in into that um, since that's kind of what you're uh, known for. Um, so uh, I couldn't find the date or the the byline when I first read it, which was, which was weird. How, how long ago did you write that article? It was the end of October 2017. Okay, so it's it's still fair, fairly recently, and. Uh, Folks, for those of you uh, viewing this on Facebook uh, Live, um, you you should be able to see I have um, 
I have Ryan's article um, here on uh, on my web browser if it'll if it'll open, and uh, I'll include a link to this in the uh, uh, show notes as well. Uh, basically, Ryan, why don't you uh, explain a little bit for those listening on the auto podcast what your uh, article was about? It, it's pretty it's pretty fa- mm-hmm. fascinating and. Uh, I know you'll do it more justice than I could, could, so. So the headline of the article was, Diversity of skin color is nothing compared to diversity of opinion, and maybe a that's a completely non-controversial thing to say, and I didn't think it was going to be that controversial. I made that headline, I, my article was about diversity of opinion because I wanted to make it ironic when the newspaper refused to publish it. So, so it was like my intention was the newspaper is refusing to publish a non-controversial thing calling for all opinions to be heard. Right. Uh, what what prompt what prompted you to write the uh-huh. article in, in the first place? So I had sent them in another article talking about phobias, and I said basically calling someone say a a homophobia is non-productive because not only it, by labeling say like uh, bigots hateful bigots uh, by labeling them as victims of a phobia you're lessening their hatred and then by applying that same label to people who s- simply disagree with homosexuality and say eh or eh I'm, I'm not that into it Right. You're giving them the same label. It's just not productive. And they were like, they gave me a BS reason for why they wouldn't publish it. And I said, okay, fair game. I'll play your game. Well, so, it, well, it, so then I wrote the next article. Yeah. And then, uh, interesting enough, uh, your website, Google Chrome, is not wanting to is not wanting to load your article all, all of a sudden, even though I just had it up here a few minutes ago. So uh, that that's oddly kind of suspicious, but maybe it's just uh, uh-huh. maybe it's just tech tech issues too. I, I don't I don't know, but uh, regard regardless, um, it seems interesting to me. And I'll link the article for people uh, in the show notes so they they can view anyway. But I was reading some of the some of the comments that a lot of people uh, made. Some of them were good, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of them were, uh, you know, just ones accusing you of white supremacy. Um, I guess. Um, uh, what what were some of the other ones? Some of them were just white supremacy white privilege uneducated white boy uh cis white male just like all that different stuff i i want to say there was one calling for for you to get beaten up or even killed but i i don't know if i don't know if that was actually um in the comments but either way there were there were some pretty uh bad ones also uh yeah there's different stuff on facebook and twitter too yeah um yeah so yeah, that that's interesting, and I mean, Chapman University, in terms of uh, you know universities out in California, obviously uh, everyone knows that UC uh, Berkeley is f- 
far off. But Chapman, mm-hmm. Chapman, if they if they have professors like Hugh Hewitt, I, I, ma- I imagine that they. Well, I mean, uh, it's a university, so I suppose it's still somewhat liberal. But uh, I mean, I don't know how how liberal would you say Chapman is? Is Major- majority of students and faculty are liberal. Okay. Yeah. That, so, but yeah. you'll be hard pressed to find a university that isn't. Right. So it, it's not it's not Berkeley bad, but it's it's still pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um. So how? So after you got the at the back lash, how did you? How did you respond? How did your uh, fans respond? Did um. You know, did you have to take, like, did you have to get protection or anything like like that? So in the article, I talked about how, um, like, in the quest for inclusion and diversity, uh, voices were being shut down, like Ben Shapiro. That's a very simple example. Like, he was banned from UCLA for a period of time, and then they fought it, got it back. Um and I said, this is happening on campuses. It's done in the name of inclusion, and it's bad. And then people thought I was talking about purely Chapman University, and Chapman University does that. And Chapman University is actually one of the better examples of universities in America. Right. A real quick comment that said, just so you know, I was talking about campuses nationally in America, not Chapman University, which I thought was already pretty clear, but just to get rid of any other confusion. Then I said I was arguing for diversity of opinion. I'm not a racist. Hate me if you wish in the comment. And that was the only comment that I had said, even because I wasn't going to respond to all, was it at now 210? Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's gotten like so. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I get pretty ridiculous comments too. You, you can't, you can't respond to them all. So yeah, and then, and then after those comments came out, so it was published on a Sunday night. It got flooded with comments Sunday night, like three a.m., four a.m., all that stuff. Monday morning, all that. And I had my first class was two thirty, I think. So I wasn't gonna be on campus until later in the day. Someone face messaged me on Facebook who is liberal and he was like, Hey, just so you know, I heard my liberal friends talking about ganging up against you on campus. And so I was like, Oh crap, like this can actually like end up in me being physically hurt. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna go, but then I have a friend who's like in conservative media and all that and he said, No, Ryan go. It's going to be a huge story and a great story if you go, if people beat you up for calling for all opinions to be heard. So I was like, ugh, I'll I'll bite the bullet. I'll take one for the team and I'll risk my, I'll risk myself. But, uh, but nobody came up to me and said anything. I got a lot of dirty looks from people who I could tell would, wouldn't have liked me even without the article. But besides that, Everybody's big and bad on the internet, but nobody wants to say anything to me in person. Yeah, well, the the other thing, to, the two, there's that. But then you're also lucky that you uh, that you uh, don't have any anti or I mean, 
I don't want to jinx you, but I mean, as far as you know, there there aren't any Antifa people. No. Yeah. yeah so. so Chapman isn't. I mean, Chapman has some pretty radical stuff, but it's not like. And we do have communists and all that, but it's not. I don't think it's really turned violent. Yeah. And all and also all my classes were in the business school, which helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so they're so they're pretty much all capitalists anyway. So. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. And then so so I'm so I'm a little um, confused. So did you write the article post Milo or I mean post or post Shapiro? Because I know that. Uh, yeah. Oh. Both. I wrote it both post Milo and Shapiro, and I mentioned them both in my article about how they both were not allowed on campuses because – and the reasoning was was these guys are dangerous. They're non-inclusive, so so we must use violence or we must just ban their speech. Yeah, which, which is absurd because, I mean – I mean Ben is I, I I love I love Ben Shapira as well. I mean I I know that he and Milo hate each other's guts, but I uh-huh. but I I actually like them both. Uh, I actually I've never met Ben, but I I actually had him on my show uh, back right after that's pretty cool. Right after uh, Andrew Breitbart died, so he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't quite as famous, but I mean I I like him and I I, I like Milo too. And the the notion that Either those two guys would be uh, violent in any way is just yeah. If you've absurd. seen Ben Shapiro in real life, if he's starting a fight, he's not winning it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Well, well, he he would he would probably out uh, he would probably just out argue everyone, and they would be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, for sure. The guy's a genius. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, 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 he has like he has like a new. I think he has like an IQ of like two hundred or, or something. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. doubt it. It's so, up there. Yeah, I mean, he went. He went to. He went to Harvard Law School when he was like fourteen. So yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So you know, and and I mean, Milo's. I mean, Milo's somewhat of a troll, but he's also you know brutally intellectual, too. Uh-huh. So um, and Milo is actually kind of interestingly enough. Folks, for those of you who don't know, uh, apparently Milo screenshotted my uh, Facebook profile um, on his Snapchat. On his no, it was Instagram. Uh, yeah, and it- yeah, which I I had I had which I had sent him a, I had sent him a friend request on his personal profile like five maybe six months ago, and he, he still hasn't accepted it. He. <laughs> he hasn't done anything with it, but apparently he looked at it on the same tab as uh, the Weekly Standard, which uh, I that that part was kind of insulting because I <laughs> I don't like Bill Crystal so uh, very much. Uh-huh. So to be in the same tab as his publication, I mean, it, it was cool, but uh, and as a result, here we are. But uh, anyway, you mentioned that gun control is one topic that you were. That you're, you know, interested in it as well, and uh-huh. and uh, you know, obviously, in the news this week and you know last week, we have the Florida shooting, which is in mine at neck of the woods, and unfortunately, I'm not super close to that area. But uh, I mean, wh- what do you make of that and all the politics going around that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just what it seems like people are doing is they're they're taking an emotional something very simple like ban all guns or ban all AR-15s, and then everybody cheers and they feel like a good person without actually producing anything. Which is, if you saw uh, the town hall of the sheriff of that county with uh, Daniel Leish, and and it was it was so sad. How you saw the sheriff look Dana Leish in her eyes and say, no, the NRA was at fault for this. The NRA is a bad group of people and we need to regulate guns and all this stuff. When really it was his sheriff department that waited outside while the shooter was killing kids. It was his department that received calls tens of times and didn't act on it. Then when there was the actual shooting, they waited outside, and I think one guy quit because he felt so bad, and he should have because he let kids die. Right. Well, I mean, so I I, I didn't see the whole town hall because it was it was lengthy, and I don't have, <laughs> I don't have cable either, so I I, I stream everything uh, online. But I I saw that clip, and I mean, the, I I hate I. I hate to say, I, I was I was talking to a friend about this uh, on on the phone yesterday, and I mean, part of me does does feel guilty because when when I heard about the shooting, um, you know, normally the first thing that people think and you know that they rightly should was is you know, oh my God, you know how sad and how how tragic. Mm-hmm. But we're at the point now where I don't know about you, but my first reaction was not "this is sad," but "oh great, this is going to be another attempt to politicize this and turn a turn a gun grab." And, and I mean, yeah, and I mean, I I feel really crappy for you know for thinking that and feeling that, but at the same time, it's like, well, that that's kind of where we're at, and. um you know, and what what's even what's even more, um, I guess, frightening to me isn't so much. I mean, the gun control thing is scary, but what's even more scary is all these conservatives who have been speaking out against you know the the sheriff's office and the whole CNN town hall thing that they did on Twitter. A lot of them, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've heard, but they've gotten shadow. Oh, have they shadow banned? Well, I don't. I mean, part of it might be Alex Jones, you know, Infowars conspiracy stuff. I I will say that there was that there were some pretty notable, um, you know, conservative commentators in our ilk who were um, who were saying um, that they had their accounts limited on Twitter and that, you know, they were, they were restricted. And, and supposedly, uh, Twitter's whole, whole excuse is that they're trying to clean out, uh, Russian bots. And that's been their whole narrative, uh, for months yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, true or, or not. So, I mean, it, it's just. It's not. Yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, Trump's reaction and just kind of moving on to another topic? How do you think he's doing uh, as president a- as a whole? 
Well, Trump's reaction, I mean, Trump's reaction could have been the biggest news story, bigger than the gun shooting, and it wasn't. Because right. if he had one step out of line, CNN would have gobbled it up and broadcast it 24-7, and then not broadcast their kids, their select few. Right. And uh, But he didn't. He actually proposed gun control. He listened to the victims. Uh, he... He listened, he visited the other victims in hospitals. He did all, he did everything he needs to do. And then he actually proposed a solution, which was more extensive background checks. And I think he wants it fully done. Yeah. Well, he, he wants, um, he wants, I guess, bump stocks banned, which to me, yeah. which to me actually doesn't seem like a, that bad of an idea mm-hmm. from, from what I've read. I mean, Here's the thing that's also really kind of – I kind of feel bad for, for Trump because on the one hand, uh, you know, I think what he's actually being pretty sensible. But at the same time, now you kind of have both the hard right and the hard left. The hard left is obviously saying that he's not doing enough. But even some of the – you know, I mean I, I'm not – I'm not a gun owner. I'm not as much of a – gun expert as some other people I I believe in the second amendment but at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, you know I don't think what he's proposing in terms of um, you know stricter background checks I don't think that's all that all that outrageous and it doesn't seem like he can win with other with either side but you know I guess when you're president you you get put into those situations as well so yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the bump stocks thing. It's like an it's like a novelty, but I'd rather lose the bump stocks than lose the AR-15. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, right. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where you you know you lose one, it's kind of a slippery slope. Um, yeah, I was also listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast uh, today. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, I know who Joe Rogan is. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I assume you would. Um, well, mm-hmm. he's, well, he's talked about this before on his podcast. But the amount of people on antipsychotics and medications yep. too is some is really something that I think more than anything. And I and I've I've said this even when you know when there haven't been any, any shootings. The amount of the amount of prescription drug commercials just in general, and you know the pharmaceutical industry is. I mean, it's it's insane, I, especially for antidepressants and antipsychotics. So, you know, I think if we ought to regulate anything, it's you know, it's the it's the FDA and in the drug industry. But that's just me. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine if the FDA gets slashed in half, so we can actually get some drugs passed and get a little competition in that market. But uh, yeah, I mean. With the drugs, um, I think Milo Yiannopoulos actually did an article about it uh, a few years ago. I have it bookmarked. I could send it to you. It's a really good article, and he takes every mass shooter in the le- since like the Virginia Tech shootings, and yeah. and it it's every mass shooter who wasn't doing it in the name of Allah, and they were on psychotropic drugs or psychotropic however you say it yes drugs that affected their conscious their view on reality their 
the distinction between right and wrong. And every single one of them was on some different type of drug. And it's, and he said it's almost as if America is replacing parenting and an acceptance that boys are naturally boisterous and more active than girls with pills. Yeah. So, oh, this boy is active. He must have something. Here's a prescription. Well, and I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a few years, I'm a few years older that, than, than you. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm 23 and you're nine, you're 19. Yeah, right? I just turned 20. Oh, so happy, uh, happy belated birthday. Well, thank then. you. So yeah, I just turned uh, 23, but yeah. Oh, birthday. Our, our, uh, thank you. But our generation, the, the millennials, I, we were the first ones, I really feel like, in terms of the boys to, I mean, I know people in my kindergarten class who were on Ritalin, um, you know, and all wow. those focus drugs. And I mean, from what my mother tell, tell, tells me, uh, the teachers wanted to put me on it, but she threatened to sue the school district if, if they did. So, Good. you know, luckily I was never on any of that crap. Um, okay. We, I'm, we have a couple of, uh, comments. One of our, uh, viewers on Facebook wants to know, uh, Matt, he wants to know, uh, what your opinion on ab- abortion is, just kind of on and off topic. Um, so abortion, I actually wrote an op-ed about this one too. If you just Google my name, you'll find Yeah, it was the first one I ever did. And, uh, and my view has evolved a little past it past that time which was a little over a year ago i think Uh but anyways i think life does begin at conception you are killing a human being and just one that's less developed than you are that's just the fact of the matter accept it and then uh, um i i'm fine if we ban all abortion 100 percent. but realistically speaking i think the best way to do it is ban abortion for those who do it out of convenience and allow abortion for incest and rape and stuff like that. I think that's the best compromise. I think that's the only that we can go in America. Yeah, kind of go the kind mm-hmm. of go the Bill, the Bill Clinton way of uh, which is I which I is ironic, but the the Bill Clinton policy of uh, you know few and safe but few. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's. So that was uh, that was one question. We don't have uh, any others at the uh, moment. Um, what other? I do you have any t- other topics that you would like to uh, bring up? Anything that kind of has been on your uh, mind in terms of politics? Well, you asked me about Trump's performance. Yeah. Overall. Besides the shooting, and that's actually what my next article is about. Yeah. Hopefully it gets published. I keep emailing them. I'm like, hey, just by the way, it's going to be published tomorrow or Monday, right? Right? And and they haven't responded yet. But that's what my article is about. I think it's far better than anyone expected. If you look at the articles back in 2016, um, before Trump was elected and after, before he was in office, every article was predicting apocalypse. Mark Cuban said the mar- he was 100% sure the markets were going to crash. There was um, 
Kurt Eichenwald, I think is his name. He sold his kids' college savings funds. He said, oh, I can't trust it, the Trump economy, which is right, sad because right. his kids just lost out on a lot of money for college. Um, yeah, people were saying he's going to start World War Three. Yep. Started, and uh, um, they're saying, oh, he's going to get new North Korea to bomb us. He's going to make relations so much worse. Then the South Korean president credits Trump for renewing talks between South and North Korea. Trump gets the economy back. Dow Jones is having the best run since FDR. You know, unemployment is at, what, a 17-year low. Black and Hispanic unemployment is at the lowest levels ever. Food yeah, stamps are yeah. down by $2 million. It was like a $10 million increase under Obama, which is ridiculous. Obama just grew the states. Um, Trump is downsizing the economy. He's, down, he's getting rid of federal employees. I think Obama hired, like, 250,000 federal employees during his time, just yeah. totally increasing the bureaucratic authoritarian state, which is which is never in the benefit of the citizen. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, the economy is really a huge thing. Illegal immigration. He's finally not limiting which laws ICE can enforce, immigration customs enforcement, and uh, border patrol. Oh, you can only enforce these laws. Oh, you can only deport them if they're a felon or <clears throat> like been convicted of three crimes or whatever it was. Now he's saying if they've been convicted, go. If you catch them, have them go. Um, so, yeah, I think border crossings are down at a 45-year low. Illegal border crossings, that is. Um, yeah, I think ICE arrested like over a hundred thousand people and 92% of them were criminals or, or, um, were fugitives and different things like that. They have all the statistics on it. I put it in my edit. I reread my article a million times. So that's why I'm just getting these figures automatically. Um, I mean, he destroyed ISIS. ISIS is done. It's. Obama struggled so much with ISIS and Trump because Trump is an honest man and he knows when he doesn't know everything. And so what Trump did was he delegated authority. He gave it to the Pentagon. He gave it to generals. Mattis said, like, the military finally has its power back. And he said, you guys know what to do. I don't. Yeah. So Obama was an overeducated community organizer. He said, no, I know. I know what's best. Trump said, I'm a businessman from Queens. You guys went to West Point. You guys saw combat. You know what's best. So he said, you guys go send out special forces, um, go raid houses, direct airstrikes, um, work with the Kurds or um, the Syrian rebels or the Iraqis or whatever. Every ISIS stronghold has been freed. I think ISIS has a few towns left, and that's it. But the caliphate has been destroyed, the Islamic State. It's been destroyed, which is great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, many people said that ISIS was going to be a generations-long thing. But actually, in all that time it took Bush to get rid of um, al-Qaeda or um, the Taliban, and all that time it took Obama to get rid of ISIS, 
Trump was able to do what they were never really fully able to do in one year. Well, I mean, well, some people... It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. Some people, and I don't I don't fully agree with this, but I see where people are coming from, but, there, you know, there are those people who say that, you know, Obama and Hillary created ISIS, and I think... Well, Obama inadvertently armed ISIS. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. I I think I think to say that he created ISIS is a, is a bit far fetched. But yeah, he, he definitely he definitely armed uh, some of the you know radicals indirectly. He also armed a lot of the uh, you know a lot of people don't remember with uh, Fast and Furious uh, yep. early on in his administration. He also uh, armed a lot of the drug lords uh, in Mexico, and now. But now Mexico is is like it's like narcos all over again. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, there were border patrol agents that were killed with the weapons that Obama had given to these gangs, and the reason was was because he wanted to track the movement of the guns and see if they came back into America. Yeah. Why? Why do you care, buddy? I we know guns are coming in from Mexico. The majority of illegal guns coming from Mexico. Well, and it's. It's build a wall if you want to end that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Build a wall. That, that's that's the other thing. Is uh, do you think Trump is going to to build the wall? Or I I know oh, he has to. Yeah. He won't be reelected if he doesn't. Well, I, I know. Yeah. The the foundation of his entire political career. Yeah. Well, that. Well, that and MAGA and MAGA babes too, and uh, uh-huh. all that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the wall, I definitely know he's going to build it. I, I I've told people though, I think they should calm down just just a bit because, I mean, obviously building a wall and in order to make it efficient and whatnot is going to take some some time. And I, I guess they're working on designs. Yeah. So what I guess they're gonna do is they're gonna have like the first ten feet or whatever be uh, poles like. Uh like pole shaped like um, diamonds, I guess, and uh, uh, they're going to be like thick steel or something, and they're also going to go underground stop uh, um, to stop uh, people from tunneling under, and then there's going to be concrete for like the next ten feet above the poles. Yeah, I uh, I, uh, I saw a funny meme uh, earlier today that uh, Trump is watching the. Uh, the Paul, the Paul Walters in the, in the Olympics to see how high the uh huh that's see, funny uh, to see how high the uh, the Mexicans can uh, can jump so yeah he'll uh, he'll definitely have to you know check for that too but yeah I mean I I certainly think I mean what a lot of people forget too with the wall is you know we stop it's not just immigrants coming from Mexico I mean it's a lot of it's a lot of people coming in from the Middle East to, you know, and changing their appearance to look Hispanic and whatnot. Yep. Um, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And it's not just Mexico, it's every country below Mexico, and none of them are necessarily good countries. Right. So, um, in fact, Mexico has been fed up with America's tougher border control. Because now they're complaining of all these criminals and rapists and whatnot getting stuck in Mexico, getting stuck in their neighborhoods. Right. Well, well, I mean, 
basically, Vincente Fox, I, I can't remember if it was Vincente Fox or one of the Mexican presidents, basically admitted that Mexico's prison population is so overwhelmed that basically they just dump their felons into our country and other countries, which is... Yeah, like the Mariel Boatlift. Yeah, which, uh, which is, which is uh, lovely. Which is lovely. So, yeah. yeah. I say that with complete sarcasm, so... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, uh, in terms of policy, Trump can't... You know, he hasn't done anything that I could disagree with so far in terms of policy. Um, you know, and I, I think Scott Adams pointed out a few months ago that all of the complaints that, you know, people have on Trump is all based on stuff that he, you know, tweets out or or says yeah. and, and whatnot. And, you know, I, I, I do think that early on he could he could be a bit of a he could be a bit of a loud mouth and whatnot but i mm-hmm. you know he, he's he's definitely becoming more presidential he I, I would argue that he might not be as charismatic sounding as obama was but he, he also sounds more presidential so i think he definitely conveys more authority and more uh, um more success yeah um in terms of the election and just political activism what what do you think uh really helped conservatives win the election, and uh, what do you think that conservatives need to do better in terms of activism going forward? I think there were two things that really helped uh, us win in 2016, and also um, Congress in 2014, I think, were the big years, and uh, uh, I think it's two things, Obama and the Tea Party. The Tea Party was such a unique movement. It got all these people of all these different colors, races, um, income classes, income brackets, um, and brought all these people together over taxes, um, American strength, and it was just such a solid grassroots movement. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that was definitely, that was kind of when I started, uh, you know, getting really involved when I was, uh, in high school, that was, that was definitely a, you know, a, a great time to, uh, you know, be involved. It was, it was hard when, uh, you know, Obama got reelected in 12 and especially after Breitbart, mm-hmm. right, um, uh, you know, I, I I feel kind of like that's also kind of when Milo, Milo stepped in, and you know, I mean, he's he's not more recent, but I mean, he's he's been huge with a lot of the younger, um, you know, mm-hmm. kids coming up, and it's it's great to see them. Um, yeah, I um, Trump would have ever put pressure on Berkeley, or even have talked about free speech on any campus if it wasn't for Milo. Um, and the riotous response he got literally at Berkeley in last February. Yeah. Now I, I will say that I think the one setback that we did suffer was, uh, with the quote unquote alt right, um, in, yeah. Um, the alt right, all that really is, is what the Democrat party was during, in Woodrow Wilson's day. Right. Um, I mean, in, 
Richard, Richard Spencer, who uh, I absolutely detest. I'm, uh, I actually end up debating more of his ilk than um, than actually liberals. But you know, he mm-hmm. he was like back in two thousand or whatever. I guess he fully admits that he was <coughs> that he was a full on uh, Democrat. So and a full on that would make sense. Lefty. So um, yeah. In fact, I guess he crashed uh, CPAC, and he he was. Yesterday, and he was advocating for um, some white socialist uh, like health healthcare system. So um. yeah, but the thing with the alt right is that it the alt right actually was just mischievous conservative guys on the internet making memes and pissing off really sensitive liberals. Yeah, and then and then the, the alt right, the alt right, the alt right. And then they kept hyping it up there, like saying, "This is an alt. This is the alt right. It's a place for racists to come. Don't join it." And then, and then all these racists started saying, "Oh, I'm alt right," because they're for them yeah. when it really wasn't. But and then it just became overtaken. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's and it's it's also like Gavin McGinnis said a few uh, months ago too, which I thought was an interesting perspective. All these, all these guys who. Um, who weren't previously racist, you know, like like Baked Alaska is kind of a perfect example. He he was uh, he wasn't really ra- racist, and then people kept saying you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, and you know he, he kind of had like a mental breakdown or whatever, and just said, okay, yeah, you know, fuck it, I'm a I I am, you know, yeah, so, uh huh, yeah. That's kind of how that whole But Milo hasn't had that breakdown at all. Oh, no. No. Milo Milo talks about it, talks against it, every single time it's brought up, and people still say it. They're hoping that it'll eventually become true if they say it enough. Well, well, I I assume if you're as much of a Milo fan as, you know, I I know that you're a big Milo fan, and I know I'm I'm a Milo fan, so, I mean, obviously, I think you've read his book. He he spends an... (laughs) an entire chapter in that book on, you know, what the alt-right is versus yep. what it's supposed to be, so. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Ryan, well, I know you uh, have other things to do tonight, so I want to thank you for uh, coming on. Wow, that went by quickly. The program, yeah, just uh, 40 minutes, roughly, and um, any anything... Uh, where can we find you online? What's your uh, Twitter handle, and um, do you have like a blog or any or anything? Uh huh. So. Well, you can find me on Twitter. Just type in Ryan Marhofer. Marhofer is spelled M A R H O E F E R, and I'll pop up. Uh, I kind of just retweet a lot of good new stuff that I don't think a lot of people have seen. Uh, I'll tweet some stuff myself. I used to tweet a lot. I just don't a lot anymore. You can uh, add me on Facebook, I suppose, or Instagram. Just search my name again for any of those. Or you can uh, uh, find me in my school newspaper. Hopefully, I'll be publishing there soon. Um, I applied to be an editor uh, for the newspaper, but everyone on the staff hates me. I don't know if I'll get the job. Uh, But, yeah, I'd say check The Panther online. The Panther as in the animal thepantheronline.com check it Monday and see if there's an article by me there Uh, we'll see if they keep their word or you can find my one there you can just search 
just search my name on Google and it'll pop up pretty quickly. Then uh, um, there's I wrote an article for the College Fix to everything that happened. Um, that was more a response to those who called me white privileged, and that's why I should just shut up and I shouldn't have an opinion whatsoever. So I responded to sort of that false accusation. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, I, I saw that. Well, um, you know, if, if you don't mind staying after the show for a bit, I, you know, I, I perhaps have a way that we could get the article out there if, uh, if the, if your newspaper won't take it. Um, but anyway, folks, uh. Okay, that'd be great. Thanks for listening to the, uh, to the program and watching on, uh, Facebook Live and, uh, we will see you next week, and I'll announce my guests uh, on the audio segment of the podcast uh, after this. And uh, thank you for tuning in, guys, and good night. Thank you for having me.